Book three, chapter six, part three of Lord of the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Therese. Lord of the World by Robert U. Benson. Book three, chapter six, part three. Yet even at that sound and sight, his soul scarcely tightened the languid threads that united it through every fiber of his body with the world of sense. He saw and heard the tumult in the passage, frantic eyes and mouths crying aloud, and, in strange contrast, the pale ecstatic faces of those princes who turned and looked. Even within the tranquil presence chamber of the spirit were two beings, incarnate God and all but discarnate man, were locked in embrace. A certain mental process went on. Yet all was still as apart from him as a lighted stage, and its drama from a self-contained spectator. In the material world, now as attenuated as a mirage, events were at hand. But to his soul, balanced now on reality and awake to facts, these things were but a spectacle. He turned to the altar again, and there, as he had known it would be, in the midst of clear light, all was at peace. The celebrant, seen as through molten glass, adored as he murmured the mystery of the word made flesh, and once more, passing to the center, sank upon his knees. Again the priest understood, for thought was no longer the process of a mind, rather it was the glance of a spirit. He knew all now, and, by an inevitable impulse, his throat began to sing aloud words that, as he sang, opened for the first time as flowers telling their secret to the sun. O salutaris hostia, qui celibandis hostium. They were all singing now, even the Mohammedan catechumen, who had burst in a moment ago, sang with the rest, his lean head thrust out and his arms tied across his breast. The tiny chapel rang with the forty voices, and the vast world thrilled to hear it. Still singing, the priest saw the veil laid as by a phantom upon the pontiff's shoulders, and there was a movement, a surge of figures, shadowy only in the mist of substance. And the Pope stood erect, himself a pallor in the heart of light, with spectral folds of silk dripping from his shoulders. His hands swathed in them, and his down-bent head hidden by the silver rayed monstrance and that which it bore. Qui vit on sine domino, nobis donet in patria. They were moving now, and the world of life swung with them, as so much was he aware. He was out in the passage, among the white, frenzied faces, that with bare teeth stared up at that sight, silenced at last by the thunder of Ponge Lingua and the radiance of those who passed out to eternal life. At the corner he turned for an instant to see the six pale flames move along a dozen yards behind, as spearheads about a king, and in the midst the silver rays and the white heart of God. Then he was out, and the battle lay in array. That sky on which he had looked an hour ago had passed on darkness charged with light to light overlay with darkness, from glimmering night to wrathful day, and that light was red. 
from behind Tabor on the left to Carmel on the far right. Above the hills twenty miles away rested an enormous vault of color. Here were no gradations from zenith to horizon. All was the one deep smolder of crimson, as of the glow of iron. It was such a color as men have seen at sunsets after rain, while the clouds, more translucent each instant, transmit the glory they cannot contain. Here, too, was the sun, pale as the host, set like a fragile wafer above the Mount of Transfiguration. And there, far down in the west, where men had once cried upon Baal in vain, hung the sickle of the white moon. Yet all was no more than stained light that lies broken across carven work of stone. In supremo nocte gene, sang the myriad voices, recumbens cum fratribus, observato lege pena, civis in ne calibus, civum terpe duodene, he saw too poised as motes in light that ring of strange fish creatures white as milk except where the angry glory turned their backs to flame white-winged like floating moths from the tiny shape far to the south to the monster at hand scarcely five hundred yards away and even as he looked singing as he looked he understood that the circle was nearer and perceived that these as yet knew nothing. Bebum caro ponem verum, They were nearer still, until now even at his feet there slid along the ground the shadow of a monstrous bird, pale and undefined, as between the wan sun and himself moved out the vast shape that a moment ago hung above the hill. Then again it backed across and waited. As he senses de fichit, Ar formandum cosincerum, Sola fides fichit. He had halted and turned, Going in the midst of his fellows, Hearing, he thought, the thrill of harping And the throb of heavenly drums, And across the space moved now the six flames, steady as if cut of steel in that stupendous poise of heaven and earth, and in their center the silver-rayed glory and the whiteness of God made man. Then with a roar came the thunder again, peeling in circle beyond circle of those tremendous presences, thrones and powers, who, themselves to the world as substance to shadow, are but shadows again beneath the apex and within the ring of absolute deity. The thunder broke loose, shaking the earth that now cringed on the quivering edge of dissolution. Tantum ego sacramentum, venere marcenui, et antiquum documentum, novoce dat ritui. Ah, yes, it was he for whom God waited now. He who far up beneath that trembling shadow of a dome, itself but a piteous core of unimagined splendor, came in his swift chariot, blind to all save that on which he had fixed his eyes so long, unaware that his world corrupted about him, 
his shadow moving like a pale cloud across the ghostly plain where israel had fought and sent a cherub boasted that plain lighted now with the yet deeper glow as heaven kindling to glory beyond glory of yet fiercer spiritual flame still restrained the power knit at last to the relief of final revelation and for the last time the voices sang Praised fide supplementum sensum he was coming now swifter than ever the heir of temporal ages and the exile of eternity the final piteous prince of rebels the creature against god blinder than the sun which paled and the earth that shook and as he came passing even then through the last material stage to the thinness of a spirit fabric the floating circles swirled behind him tossing like phantom birds in the wake of a phantom ship he was coming and the earth rent once again in its allegiance shrank and reeled in the agony of divided homage he was coming and already the shadow swept off the plain and vanished and the pale netted wings were rising to the check and the great bell clanged and the long sweet chord rang out not more than whispers heard across the pealing storm of everlasting praise more then this world passed and the glory of it the end end of book three chapter six part three recording by maria therese end of lord of the world by Robert U. Benson.